Welcome to the Dirty Slides Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Prano, coming to you live, as always, from the Laz Lair in beautiful Venice Beach, California, with my co-host, Andy Laz Lazarus. Got the AC kicking, Joe. How you doing? It's comfy in here. It is is a cool 69.5 degrees right now. That's a a classic Laz move when it was like 140 out. You're you're like, my AC's not really working. (laughs) Finally, the weather in LA has dropped back to our regular 72 and sunny. And you're like, I got the AC pumping in here. Got the AC again. Everything is good. I'm going to bring it down those three other degrees. (laughs) I like it comfortable, Joe. I like it comfortable. Laz, I joked... Uh, about it on our Twitter feed, uh-huh. but I honestly want to get right into it. Yeah, let's let's I, talk I'm about not, Ramon Laureano. The throw from the Ramon throw. Laureano, Razor Ramon, as I've been referring to yeah. him, um, is when I saw it, it reminded me of the Odell Beckham catch. Right. Which, when I saw it live in the moment I was watching Sunday Night Football, I said, that's the best catch ever. Right. And my uh, my sister's boyfriend, who's not much of a football fan, was sitting there with me, kind yeah. of like half paying attention. Half paying attention. And uh, he, you know, he thought I was exaggerating. And then Chris Collinsworth proceeds to talk about it being the best catch ever for three quarters. Right. And he's like, dude, you called that live. When I saw this throw, I said out loud, I said, that's the best throw I've ever seen. You know, the previous best throw I've ever seen also happened at the Oakland Coliseum. And I thought it, it was Ichiro's throw to get uh, Terrence Long um, I think from this, right field. I think this throw happened in Angel, at Angel Stadium. Well, it also happened in California. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but uh, other people had brought up the same, uh, same uniform, same stadium, right. same throw. Uh, Cespedes throwing the guy. Remember when he bobbled the ball? Yeah. And he picked it up and hosed the guy at home? Yeah. But the Ichiro throw. Right. Fantastic. There's also a Bo Jackson throw where he gets Harold Reynolds. There's a Bo Jackson throw where he goes like into the corner. Yeah. And he makes a, a throw to home plate. But to me, this was uh, the whole – this is the whole shebang. Much like the Beckham catch, I was like, oh, he got interfered with. Yeah. And then he's kind of like his arms getting pulled back, and so he goes up with one hand, and he makes it. This was the combination of all things. Of all things. Gap bomb. Right. Which he he tracks it stack according to Statcast, forty four percent chance he makes the catch. Right, hits the wall, like catches it, runs into the wall, put, like uses the momentum of the the bounce off the wall to take a crow hop. Then he he has it was kind of a double crow hop. He yeah. kind of like one two then go. It wasn't like. Just a one fluid motion. Yeah, he got it was one two. He kind of like collected the ball, the football a little yeah, bit. patted it a little bit. Yeah, but then unleash like go deeper, go deeper. A ninety, I think it was a what they say a ninety two mile an hour throw or ninety six mile an hour ninety six point two I believe was the number for three hundred and forty one feet. That on like on the fly on first, the fly on the fly to first base. Yeah, that's unbelievable. 
Like that's I, unbelievable. I'm gonna need a somebody who's good at geometry to do the math right. on like. But I mean, think about it this way: 341 feet, right? Uh, 321 wasn't it 321 321 okay whatever it is it's over 300 feet yeah but the math on like the corner to it's basically the almost the same as the corner to the to the home plate yeah would be the gap but so much i feel like there's so much more at play (laughs) when you're throwing a ball from the gap to first base like there's the natural instinct of coming up, like you're you make a play and you're just like I'm throwing. There's a big circle at home plate. Right. Hit hit it here. Yeah. To turn off the wall, crow hop again, f- then find that small bag. Yeah. Like if you spun me around on a baseball field, I'd find home plate immediately. Right. Finding first base would It'd be, be difficult. Like, Right. I'd, I'd be like, you know where home plate is? Where this whole thing converges. Right. Where the seats stop. Yeah. Where that fucking circle is. Yeah. It's like run as fast as you can for 100 feet, then um, drop a nine iron uh, right on the pin. Yeah. You know? Turn around. You know, not on the green, on the pin. That's Three, what he did. So, yeah, 321 feet in the air. Uh he had to cover 76 feet in 4.4 seconds, so a 42% chance. All of my numbers were slightly off. Okay. The throw, which beat Young by a fraction of a second, traveled 91.2 miles an hour. To put that in perspective, only 58 pitchers are currently averaging a higher v- velocity on their fastball this season. From and 60 feet. From 60 feet, 6 inches, not 321 feet. And, you know, the book says you already made this incredible play where you chase down a ball in a gap, right? The book says... Hit the cutoff, man. Right. Sometimes you need island plays, Joe. Well, the, the, that's the other thing. That's an island guy. As play. an outfielder, too, right, the, the rule is if it's a base hit, if you're picking it up off the ground, right, right, you've got to keep it low yeah. and hit the cutoff, man, because potentially some guy – but when you catch a ball in the air, yeah. you can let it go in the air because yeah. guys are going back the other way. Right. So I don't know who else was on base. If anybody else, it seems I like, don't know either. No, because then he would have thrown it to a closer base. Yeah, yeah, right. So yeah, it was it was the perfect play. I saw it. I said, "That's the best throw I've ever seen." And trust me, I want it to be Ichiro. I want it to be Cespedes. Right, but it's not. It's, it's this not. guy. It's you know Ramon I mean? Laureano. I want. I I wanted it to be Beckham. I was right. Yeah. I wanted. You know. I wanted to. Be, Razor Ramon, it's like Razor Ramon. he will live in my heart forever. Yeah, that's the best throw I've ever seen. It's, I mean, if it's the best throw you've ever seen, it's got to be the play of the year so far, right? Right? Yeah, got to be, got to be Razor Ramon. I mean, I know a an Angels A's game in whatever inning that the A's wind up yeah. winning seven nothing. That there isn't this, there's not a situational greatness to it, right? Right, but it's beyond the situation. Forget the situation. Yeah. It's not like that, that, you know, that only matters. Like Kirk Gibson's home run wasn't the longest home run. Right. Was, actually, or even the of, prettiest home run. It yeah. wasn't the prettiest swing. No. No. It was but just, just a walk off game one World Series winner. But in terms of just straight up, like the physicality of it. Yeah. Best throw I've ever seen. Yeah. If you, if you were going to that game and somebody told you, you're going to see a miracle tonight. You had been like, awesome. Can't wait. Yeah. And you did. Because that was a miracle play. And, got you know, it's happening. Like, 
there is some situational uh you got to give some situational love for this because the A's are fighting for a playoffs spot. Yeah. So like every game matters to them, you know. The A's are so hot right now, everything they do turns to gold and you know, I it's it's just that kind of uh what I loved about it was that just kind of playground feel about it, you know? It's just like one of those plays that like the game stops, everybody goes crazy, you know. That's what makes sports great. Well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna ha- go ahead and say this: Ramon Laureano, a dude, a dude, obviously. Yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and say if somehow, and I'm pretty sure a guy named Ramon with that arm that's playing in the big leagues, this this isn't gonna be the case for. But if somehow he's a virgin, I'm giving him a pass. <laughs> yeah. I'm giving him a pass. How long is his pass? His virgin pass? Like he's, he's, to the end of the season? That's a lifetime dude throw. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Right? Because really think about the, you know, did you ever see uh, you know Winning Time or whatever it was the Reggie Miller documentary, the Reggie Miller yeah. Spike Lee? Yeah, and they they have that clip where like ten people in a row go, the presence of mind, the presence, <laughs> of, the presence, presence of, of mind, mind to exactly. step back behind the three. Yeah. The way he came off the wall, collected himself, was like, you know what? If I fuck pump, it, if I <laughs> pump one more time, yeah. I can definitely figure out where first base is. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, oh, there, there it, is. it is. I see him heading back there. Yeah. I'm gonna get this fool. I'm gonna throw it. I'm gonna throw it at seven feet over that guy's head, <laughs> and hope he's running to the right base. Perfect. He gets him by a fucking step. And you were talking about before base running blunder, and it's like it's really a, a almost. Perfect baseball base running play. Yeah, it was. At first, I thought, because when I saw the highlight, I thought he caught it in the left field corner. Yeah. So where I was like, uh, left field corner, you got to be kind of halfway. Because I thought it was the left fielder who went and got it. Right. But it was the center fielder who went and got it in the gap. Yeah. So you see the ball in the gap. Go. Yeah. Yeah. And then. See the outfielder's numbers go. He, he gets to a point where he's going to, if that ball isn't caught, he's yeah. going to score easily. Right. He also gets, he Heads back. He's got to touch second base, too. Right. He's yeah. got to touch second base. And he, he gets back a half step behind the, the greatest best throw, throw ever. ever. Yeah. It's like, what do you say, man? You can't yeah. say nothing. Like, what do you want me to do? Yeah. Tip uh, your hat to Razor Ramon. Fuck. That was just. Yeah. So, the, I, as, a, as a center fielder, love, just love to see that. Yeah. You do. Like, I mean, uh, it's the best. Like, if you guys are going to raise a glass tonight, do a shot for Razor Ramon. He deserves it. And I joked about him potentially being a virgin, but every man in history named Ramon has has sex by the time they're 13, right? Like, yeah, that, no isn't question. that the rule? No question. Isn't that the guy, like, in your middle school? Yeah. You're like, you hear Ramon's fucking? You're yeah. like, what? Yeah, Ramon has kids. I haven't fingered a girl yet. Yeah. And they're like, well, he's yeah. fucking. He's fucking. He's like, because yeah. I am a Ramon. I'm Ramon. Like, yeah, I mean, if you make that throw and you don't get laid by the end of the season, there's something wrong with you. Okay, that was part one on that throw. Yeah. Part two on that throw. No. Uh, we got to go into sticking with sticking with some Bay Area baseball. We have to get right into it. The, I saw it last night. I thought this was going to be – I thought the Ramon throw was going to be an hour and a half. But right. I was like, we have to talk about this. Last night, I didn't watch it live. You didn't watch it live because, unfortunately, we live in Los Angeles, California, where you're not allowed to watch the Los Angeles Dodgers live. Stupid. Um. Giants, Dodgers, Puig fight. Puig versus <laughs> the everybody. Giants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like once a year the Giants and Puig get into a fight. It's not even really the Giants and the Dodgers. It's Mad, Gar- it's B- Mad Bum Puig 
fucking Posey Puig, as Marja Puig, and it was uh, Nick Hundley Puig. As a Dodger fan, yeah. Do you do you hate Puig? Because I like. Well, I'm. I mean, as a Giants fan, do I hate Puig? Yeah. yeah. No. No. I think Puig is exactly what the Giants need. Yeah. Exactly what they need. I, I'm on. I'm on the same page, man. I like Puig. I do. Too. I've always liked Puig. Yeah. He's a little weird, you know, with the Beanie Babies and the fucking whatever, and like. But I don't. He had to escape Cuba, Cuba twice. Yeah. Can I don't mind twice. a guy who goes fucking crazy hard yeah. and like is super pissed off when he just misses misses fastballs and like. I, I, like, I had no problem with what Puig did. A lot of people like talk about Puig like, oh, Puig, that's just Puig being a fucking dick. Like the first time I saw the highlight, um, it was a it was a clip on Twitter, and the guy goes, all right, here's what happens: Puig fouls the ball off, starts being an asshole like Puig does, and I'm like, I don't know. Like he's like, I, I I'm trying to think if he was on the Nationals if I would hate Puig, but like yeah. no. I don't think I would. You want Puig? Yeah. First time I saw Puig, I was like, oh, well, there's Bo Jackson. Right. You know? Like, and like, and I've spoken about this a million times. Like, that kind of player, uh, the Puig, the Razor Ramon, the Javier Baez, those kind of dudes is exactly what the Giants need. Coño. Coño. Right? Exactly what they need. They need just a little more flavor in that soup than that white guy's soup that they got going on right up there. You know? I mean, it's, it's, you know, obviously he's been out with with injuries, and he's right. also got a little. But that's exactly what Cespedes did for the Mets in 2015. Yeah, exactly. He's like, "Hola, yeah. <laughs> I'm here to take you to the I'm World Series." A caballero. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I may not last much longer than that, but yeah. until then, ride me. Yeah, ride me to October. Until then, can't believable, man. Yeah. Can't believable. <laughs> but uh, I didn't really understand Nick Hunley's beef. Uh, I mean. It's so, a, so it's to, a red to me. It's a red ass beef. Yeah, you know to keep to clear it up for everybody who hasn't seen it yet. Yeah. Puig misses a pitch, fouls it straight back. He Ju- says "coño." Yeah, he <laughs> he on his backswing, he sort of grabs his bat out of yeah. the air, like give a gives a bat smack. I didn't see him clip Hunley. No, I don't. You know, I don't think he speaks good enough English to say like "fuck this garbage pitcher." I missed it. You know what I mean? Right. Like. No, he's mad at himself for missing a fucking cookie that he fouled straight back. Like, and, like, what's Nick Hundley saying in that situation? Like, yo, chill, man. Oh, he's saying, you know, get back in the box. Like, play the game right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, like, I appreciate this about the Giants is that they're, they are consistent. They are a consistently kind of play the game right, red-ass team, um, which is what they hang – they never give up. I mean, they're – their pitching hasn't been that bad this year. They've just they just can't hit worth of fucking shit. Right. But they're still they're five games out. They're five. Maybe if they cared more about fucking missing cookies. Right. They should hit more. about yeah. Uh, they should be thank God he missed that. You know. Um. Yeah, it's just like kind of play the game right, kind of. You but know, like I don't white I, guy. Code. I am. I'm like. I'm a borderline play the game right kind of guy. Like Me I'm, too. A, I'm a play the game right, but like, play it fun. It gets questionable. Like what? Like right. The the hard ass line, but him being pissed at himself for fouling a ball off. Like yeah. I I don't know that that 
breaks the rules of playing the game no, right. I don't think it does. Same thing goes for... I think this whole thing was Hunley's fault, to be honest. Yeah. Now, Puig and pushed got, him first. Yeah, and he got pushed first. And he got and he tackled got by the, the their, first, their first base coach or something. Yeah, Nick Hunley didn't come out of this looking too, too great. Yeah. Looks like a red ass. He is a red Get, ass. Gets his face slapped. Yeah. <laughs> gets taken down by a fucking, you base, know. Don Zimmer. Middle-aged <laughs> first base coach. Right. You ain't no Buster Posey. Yeah. Yeah. No respect. But what? The Giants won. That's great. The Dodgers are just kind of falling apart of the scene. Apparently, everybody in the Dodgers is about to have a heart attack. Yeah. So they can't play. Well, I wanted to talk about, because we're talking about play the game right, uh, the kid who comes up for the Cubs hits a walk-off Grand Slam. Right. Down 3-0, yeah. walk-off Grand Slam. At home, right? Yeah. Yeah. And has to... He, he, yeah, apo- he apologized for the bat he flip. He apologizes for bat flipping? <sighs> Go fuck yourself. Stop it. Stop it. That what, If you're not going to walk off if Grand Slam if bat not flip. bat flip then, when bat flip? Right. Yeah. Oh, you Even hit- you who is anti-bat flip. I, uh, again, first of all, <laughs> never anti-bat flip. I you're just, semi-anti-bat flip. I'm, 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 you're borderline anti-bat flip. I, like I've always said, I'm pro-bat flip. I'm also pro you getting hit for it. Sure. Right? So yeah. bat flip at your leisure. Yeah. Like, yeah. But you, I would argue, okay, you think a guy pimped you? Drill him. Right. You can't drill a guy. Can't drill a guy You now. can't drill a guy for pimping a walk-off grand slam down three. Yeah, exactly. In his first major, major league, league fucking game week or whatever. Or whatever yeah, exactly. No. Dude. And that bat flip was, it wasn't Joey Bat's bat flip. No. He it just was, knew it was out. It was a, it was a nice you know, fucking 75% bat flip. Nick you know? Hundley would have tackled him coming around third. Yeah, yeah <laughs> seriously. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're going to take a quick look around the standings in a minute. But before we do that, I have uh, – I want to start off with uh, – since we're talking Cubs, Ben Zobrist got ejected. <laughs> I saw this. And the rumor is that he got ejected for telling the umpires this is why – you should be replaced by computers. That's hilarious. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I think it's strong. I think it's a fucking strong play. Yeah. And also, I think he's 100% right. <laughs> he's 100% right. I am pro mechanical strike zones. Mechanical strike zones. So uh, the home plate umpire is there for plays at the plate. Foul or fair down the line? Nope, they got a guy for that. Yeah, and also he is there. He's there to make a strike ball call in his head, right? In case something malfunctions, right? And then they can go. He's to the him. backup. Yeah, yeah. But so I've I've talked maybe he should be there just to say, hey, Nick Hunley, calm down. Yeah, relax. Oh, you're about to get slapped. Yeah, don't do this. <laughs> Think about your kids. Yeah. Look at him. Look at that. Look at that island Bo Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> Stop trying to reason with him. He doesn't speak English. Yeah. <laughs> he got kidnapped twice. Yeah. 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 Have you ever been kidnapped once, Nick Hundley? Get the he's fuck just, out of here. He's just there. He's like fucking the referee in a boxing <laughs> right. match. He's, he's just basically like, a war- He's just like wiping their faces. <laughs> he's like a wrestling referee. Checking their gloves. Like yeah. He basically just gets thrown out of the ring. But um, I've said it before. My... I think the only hiccup in mechanical strike zones is that the defined strike zone 
and the called strike zone are two, two different things. totally different things. Right. It's not knees to letters. Right. You know, with the plate. It's, I mean, it's certainly below the knees slightly yeah. to... I mean, it's like it's like below the knees and below the letters. It's I not almost, as high as it's supposed to be. I almost think it's like between like the belt and the letters. Yeah, like it's somewhere mid. Like the high pitch is not is just straight up not called. not called anymore. Here's the, it, now. I do agree that well, one that was hilarious. Two, yes, it would probably if you did have um, electronic strike zones, it would probably clear th- a lot of things up, but. The unintended consequence is we, we're not going to have dudes pulling out garbage cans saying, this is your home. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we're not going to have, like, you should be replaced by robots. We're not going to have all the fun human interactions of uh, guys getting tossed. Right. Which, um, which I love. But, but like, I think a better solution than electronic strike sounds is just mic the umpire, mic all the players. So you can hear what they say to yeah. these umpires. So that be like they, they have to own it. Yeah, they have to own it. <laughs> yeah. You're a garbage can. <laughs> and I now shall replace you with a garbage can. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, that was the best part of the Terry Collins thing coming out. Hey, it was. Like, yeah. like yeah. The, that guy should have immediately, lo- the, the umpire in that argument should have immediately been banned from baseball for saying it's going to be our ass in the in the muffin shop or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, yeah, what the, what that's the not fuck? a real saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you don't make sense, you're out. Yeah. You know, that would be better. Um, but the thing is, all as, as fans, the human interaction is great. But when you're up there and you're hitting, aren't you like, I, I, no, I, wanna, I mean, you like it, it, hitting's hard enough. Yeah, and now you're making it impossible. Yeah, now I've got to go yeah. on like well, your way. First, like first inning of every game, now we have to talk about what you're calling, what you're not. Yeah. I have to go up there with an approach based on you. Yeah, no, Ugh. it sucks. No, it sucks. Yeah, no, I mean, it's awful. I, I also think it, balls and strikes is tough. Yeah, but it should be a challengeable play, not. For a reversal, because that would take forever. But if you're like, yo, that was straight up a ball. Right. And and if and if you get tossed and it's reversed and you were right, you get you get to come back. I think what should happen is if you get tossed overnight, if they prove that you were right by more than like a half of a ball, yeah. you know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, that was an egregious call. Yeah. Your next game, yeah. when you arrive to the plate. He should have to take off his mask, and you should be able to take off both of your batting gloves. Slap him. And smack him. <laughs> yeah, yes. Agreed. That's actually exactly what Just I was pop, pop. <laughs> yeah. And then he has, to, he has to calmly put his mask back on. Play ball. And, and fucking <laughs> yeah. let your bat happen. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because then, because there's, con- then there's fucking consequences. Yeah. You know, because right now there's only consequences to the batter, to the player. You know? It's like, uh, what's a third baseman for the, the Nationals said? You know, like, I'm up here. Yeah. But if you're fucking my shit up and I'm just trying to make it, I'm going to be down in the minor leagues. Meanwhile, you're up here still fucking up. Right. You know? That's how you get 18 years of Angel Hernandez. <laughs> yeah. There's no fucking consequences for being a jackass. I mean, Adam Hamari is still throwing guys out for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> he did it like two days ago. Yeah. Somebody was like, some umpire threw some guy out for fucking nothing. And yeah. then they show up. It's like, it's Adam Hamari. <laughs> this guy's unbelievable. <laughs> he he did, that's, what? that's two years ago he threw Thor out, and I tried to ruin his wedding. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. how have you not learned? Yeah. 
Seriously. Seriously. Because there's no consequences. I think, yeah. Is there uh, any way to just, like, wipe, you know, turn them into androids and wipe their ego away? Yeah. You know? Like, that would, that would help. A public shaming, though. You come up. He takes his mask off. Uh, prior to the next at bat, a reminder <laughs> that, uh, you know. Angel like, Hernandez was wrong again. Angel Hernandez <laughs> blew a call last night. He will now remove his mask and be publicly shamed. <laughs> Javi Baez yeah. with some fucking, sa, you know, sa, sa, sa. Some, some metallic gold fucking batting gloves. Pop up. Like, Man, that was super quick. How did he even go back and forth? Fast hands. Yeah. Uh, well, let's take a quick look 60, around the league. 60,000 people clan, uh, chanting shame. Yeah. Shame. 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 I'm all about it. I think that's the only answer, honestly. Honestly, Rob Manfred, listen to this podcast if you want to make baseball great again. Yeah. So, we're going to start with the AL East, as we have been since the Boston Red Sox are doing what the Boston Red Sox have been doing. They have 86 wins. They're 86 and 35. They have a 7-11 winning percentage. They are 10 games up on the New York Yankees. They are 25 games up on a 60-59 and 59 Tampa Bay Rays. And I'm going to ask this question. The Boston Red Sox, or the field... World Series champs. Whew. There, I mean, there's. Uh, here's five thousand dollars cash. You got, you got to bet on Red oh, Sox. I'm, I, I, I'm going to take the field, just because I think the Red Sox. The only thing that can stop them is, is if they're just getting too hot, too quick, you know. But for five thousand dollars cash, there's still some teams out there that could, that could do it, you know, like the Oakland A's. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hear. How about this? Yeah, the Boston Red Sox and the Houston Astros or the field. Uh, I might take the Red Sox. The yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, I know you said the Oakland A's, and I be, I do believe in in your Oakland A's. Um, but I think if any team has actually gotten too hot too fast, it's probably the A's. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I think I think the one when I think the field, I think I oh, mean the Astros are still in the field. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I watched the postseason last year. I don't want any part of Jose Altuve in Fenway in a playoff. Oh my series. God, are you kidding me? Big Dick McGee, Big Dick McGee, just peppering lasers off that wall all the, day long, and like fucking Boston fans going like, "Ew, short spick." Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then him dropping just fucking hammer bombs, <laughs> yeah, and doing the big nut walk. <laughs> also, uh, I think like, by the way, that the was biggest a, that dude. Was a, since you're not allowed to say anything anymore, that was a direct quote of a Boston fan. Yeah, uh, it's not right. me. Right, that's I not love me. Jose Altuve. Yeah. Joe's just playing a character, guys. Yeah. Just yeah. relax. Um, um, I still think the biggest dude, like postseason dude, right now who's eligible for the postseason is Verlander. You know, God loved Chris Sale. God loved David Price. But, yeah. You know, you want a dude. Doing dude things, dude stages. I read, I read a great article about him, and uh, and he kind of he gave. Yeah, re- I, I read that article too. Kate Upton, to... all the props. Yeah, how Kate Upton saved my life, yeah. basically. Yeah. God, what a fucking. I mean, what, what a, a winner! Dude. What, a what a winner! winner. <laughs> yeah. He, it, when you see him, like when you see the off-field pics of him and like him and her hanging out, it's he does seem kind of a, like a dork. Yeah. Right. Who but, won? Yeah. Life lottery. Just won it. Yeah. Good for him. Good for him. 
I'm I'm a super fan. Yeah. Like yeah. No. Hur- hooray Verlander. <laughs> hooray Verlander. Yeah. <laughs> um so the Yankees are 10 back. Uh, struggling a little bit. Yeah, I mean they're not even they're 75 and 44. Right, but just right? recently, like yeah. you know, just recently. 7 and 3 in their last 10. Okay, so maybe not. But in that time, the Red Sox have made up have pulled away by two more games. Right. Their the Red Sox run differential is plus 214. Jesus Christ. On the year. I don't think the Giants have scored 250 there are, runs. Yeah, there's there's no team with a plus 200. Houston's plus 191 and they're the only ones that are fucking close. Yeah. The next closest is the Yankees at plus 140. It's absurd what they're doing, but I think in a way it's like this is like it's almost sort of reeks of the Dodgers last year. Now, I don't think that they're going to lose 20 straight games or whatever it no. is to fucking but, but when when somebody's running away with it so you know so much and it just makes you think of those 2001 Mariners you know they yeah. went 116 games and then lost in the first round the AL Central the only the team engines. that we're going to talk about is the Cleveland Indians 68 and 51 they're 8 and 2 in their last 10 they are 12 and a half games up on the next closest AL Central team the Minnesota Twins. So right now, if if the playoffs started today, you'd have Yankees, Oakland in a one-game wild card to face the Red Sox. Now, wait a second. Oakland's got to be at least within shouting distance of the Yankees' record at this point, right? I mean, they both have 70-plus wins. they got to be close. They are. Oakland is three and a half back of the Yankees. Okay. So there's a but shot Oakland, this but o- game could be but Oakland's only in the one, town. The Oakland's only one game back of Houston. I know. I saw that. That's incredible. So It could be Houston Yankees. Yeah, yeah. it could be. And, and those teams would be battling for a chance to play Boston, and then Cleveland will get Oakland. Cleveland, right? Cleveland would get uh, Cleveland will get the winner of that division. Right. So Cleveland will get right now. It would be Houston, Houston and then and uh, Cleveland. Uh, so in the AL West, Houston's up one game on Oakland, and they're up four and a half games on Seattle. Who is, Seattle's six and four in their last ten. Seattle, I love Seattle. I love this being the sexy division. Uh, I loved them. You know, I wasn't I, aware that Jimmy Paxton had a like a bad guy mustache. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he went down last night. King Felix had to come out of the pen, pitch pretty well, but still lose. Now Edwin Diaz, the uh, the Mariners closer, has forty six saves on the year. Yeah, uh, he's chasing Bobby Thigpen. Is it still Thinkpen? I don't no. know. I don't think I it is. I have no idea. Uh, it's got to be Gagne, right? Did he add like, did, what did he have, like 80 saves one year when he was on roids? Single season saves record is Francisco Rodriguez. Oh. 60, K-Rod? 62. Okay. Uh, 57, Thinkpen was second in 1990 with 57. Gagne and Smoltz tied for third with 55. And when did Gagne get that uh, 55? Gagne got the 55 in 2003. Oh, yeah. Roided out Gagne. 
Yeah. And uh, K-Rod got that with the Angels in 2008. So, is that, yeah, 62? Is that the right? Yeah. Wow. It's a lot. But Diaz is at 46 right now. So he's got a he's got a puncher's chance at the record. He's got he's got to save fourteen more games. Yeah, well, you know the Mariners can do their part and get him a lead. Easily do that. It, it's almost like one of those things. I remember this happening with Familia when Familia was like pacing for the record. Yeah, it's almost not a good sign for your team. It's if not you, if your closer is chasing all time saves record. It does mean that you're probably winning a lot of close games. But you're playing a lot of close games. Right. Yeah. The fucking Red Sox closer is not going to break the saves record anytime soon. No. It's usually like the really good team's um, saves leader somewhere around 30, 35. It's not, it's not any record. And it's always like, it seems like, the guys who break those records, are. it's always second and third place teams. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like, it's the, or it's like, a fucking shitty team, and their only one thing they have to brag about for the whole season right. is Bobby Thigpen. Or, or, you're, or like games. a team like the Seattle team where you're like, ugh, like you get, yeah, you guys are like competing, but like this is like one of the only reasons you're competing. Right. It's like, holy shit. Yeah. He's got 46 <laughs> he saves suck. in early August. Yeah. Um, so. But Cano's back, so they. Cano's back. They Cano played chance. first base last night. Yeah. Look, I, I hope. And I love I love all those teams. I'm I'm a huge AL West guy. Besides yeah. the Texas Rangers, who I give zero fucks about. Um, I love Houston. I love Oakland. I love Seattle. Meh, I'm meh on the Angels, but obviously I'm a big Trout fan. Yeah, big Otani fan. Right. Um, but Houston, Oakland, Seattle. I'd love I'd love an AL West team to represent the AL. I'd be I'd be stoked I'd be about it. Happy as and clam. I'd be fucking rooting for them mm-hmm. because I mean honestly. Almost every team that's in the NL that's in contention, uh, with the exception of Milwaukee and Colorado and Arizona, I'm like, fuck those guys. <laughs> um, but I honestly, like, I don't want to see the Diamondbacks weird unis, like, for the World Series. I just don't. Yeah. And it's like, like, but like a Sonora di- red and teal, I'm just over it. But like a Diamondback. Mariners World Series, you're like, oh shit, it's the future. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Exactly. Turn the clock. God, we made it. Oh my God. Turn ahead the clock now. Yeah. There are robot umpires. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so switching the NL, the Atlanta Braves are back up two Let's games. Let's go, Bravos. Ronald Acuna. Yeah. Homering in every single game. Every single game. And every he's, single and game. And he's like 14 years old or yeah. something like that. <laughs> he's he's the first guy in middle school to have sex and to hit five straight homers in major league games. Uh, Ronald Acuna was a dude at five years old. Yeah. They have won four straight, uh, and Philly has lost two in a row. So they went from being you know pretty close to Atlanta now back up two games in the NL East, uh, 67 and 51. Philadelphia 65 and 53 and the Nationals basically out of it 8 games back 500 baseball at 60 and 60. Uh the NL Central Chicago Cubs are now up 2 games on your Milwaukee Brewers and up 4 games on 
The St. Louis Cardinals, who With are everybody's favorite AIDS patient slash MVP, Matt yeah. Carpenter. Matt Carpenter, they've won seven straight. They're nine and one in their last ten. My cards. Your cards. I, by the way, I hate the Cardinals. Right. Hate their fans. Yeah. D- hate fucking Carpenter. Yeah. Hate fucking Molina. I don't hate Matt Carpenter. I hate them all. I hate, like, I just, I never want. Like, in a way, they almost seem like a fucking... They almost seem like a uh, NL East team to me. Like, they they fucking ruined my life as a Mets fan so much that yeah, they're, you, they're, like, I mean, they're like they an were honorary an NL, East a, NL East team. Yeah. And they ru- and then in the, in the 80s, they were your biggest rival. Yeah. So it makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. Um, but they're, they're back. 65-55. They're four games out. Uh, what happened to the Buckos, man? A mere two games up on 500. They're eight back. God, they're the Giants. They're four and six in their last ten. They lost their last two straight. Oh. We tried to do what we could, Pirates fans. Yeah. We tried to do what we, we tried. could. And then the NL West, the Arizona Diamondbacks. <laughs> Fucking new kids on the block. <laughs> Hanging tough. Hanging tough. Fucking, they're going. Uh, they're going late stage counting crows. They're hanging around. <laughs> uh, they are one game up on the Colorado Rockies. The hello Rockies, who have won four straight and are six and four in their last ten. Uh, the Rockies. Here's a fun fact: the Rockies have a minus thirteen run differential on the year. What? Yes. That doesn't make any sense. There are. This is incredible. In the AL East, the top three teams have a positive run differential. In the AL Central, the only team with a positive run differential is obviously the Cleveland Indians. In the West of the AL, Houston, 191. Oakland, plus 67. Seattle, remarkably, minus 24. The top three teams in the NL East, the top three teams in the NL Central, and the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Dodgers, both with them, but squeezed in between them, the second place, one game back of the division lead, Colorado Rockies, have given up 569 runs and have scored 556 runs. This is a weird season. Fucking so weird. <laughs> weird. I I don't know how to explain that. I mean, I... S- Besides Chatwood, I probably can't name two other Rockies pitchers. I know Trevor Story rakes. I know Nolan <laughs> yeah. rakes. I know Charlie Blackman rakes. I know DJ LeMayhew is six foot five, but you know can hit. He only hits eight home runs. I don't know why, but what? Right. If you told me the Giants had a negative run differential, I'm like, yeah, that's what they do. They somehow compete with not scoring as many runs as you do. You know, but that doesn't make sense. I mean, I know Rockies fans hate hearing about the Coors factor, but it's just it's just got to be like it's got to be somewhat Coors related. Right. Teams come into town. They score a bunch of runs. The Rockies, you know, the Rockies who the Coors factor doesn't really like it. It ends up becoming just like a normal thing for them. So like they have games at home where they don't score a bunch of runs. But the teams that are in town are like, oh, we're going to score 40 runs while we're here for the weekend. Like, it's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, but has this ever happened in Rockies history? <laughs> you know? I mean, maybe if their pitching staff gives up a 1,000 runs. Yeah. But not when they're competing. 
But then again, it's the NL West. It's kind of a shitty division. So this, I mean, it's I not mean, as shitty as the AL Central, but like, yeah, you know the. So let's. I'm going to take you through the wild card situation again because it's it's honestly fascinating when you look at the two leagues. So the Yankees are leading the AL wild card. They're three and a half games up on Oakland, who are three and a half more games up on Seattle, and that's basically it. No other teams are within spitting distance. Tampa Bay and L.A. Angels are 11 and a half back. They're not going to be in this wild card race. Absolutely not. Yeah. I, I'll put anything on the line. Says sure. Neither of those teams can be. The NL wild card. The Milwaukee Brewers are the first wild card team. Followed by the second wild card team, who's a game back, the Philadelphia Phillies. Followed by the St. Louis Cardinals, <laughs> who are one game out. Of a wild card spot. It really is amazing. Followed by the Colorado Rockies, who are the second team in the NL West and are closer to the NL West lead than they are to the second wild card spot. They're a game and a half back of the wild card, followed by the Dodgers, who are two and a half back. (laughs) And then you have Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Washington, five, five and a half, six. And then, and then you have your drop off to the Mets and the Reds and the San Diego Padres and the Miami Marlins. But you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams, eight teams if you can include Washington within six games. That should be awesome. The last week of the season, you know, it won't be it won't be uh, as many teams, but maybe there'll be four teams competing for two spots, which will be pretty cool. If you had your way. What do you want? The I mean, beyond the Giants being in it? Yeah, beyond the Giants. Oh, hey, look, the Giants are five and a half games back. You're allowed to have them in the conversation. Build, like, to me, when I look at the AL, okay? Yeah. The, the Yank- like, would it be great if the Yankees were fucking out? Sure. Like, if I had my way, the AL would be Boston, Cleveland, and fucking three. Three and a, and a, a, AL, AL West, West teams. teams. If the Yankees got to be in, fine. Give me, give me the two Yankees, Boston, Cleveland, two, two, and a- one. Astros and uh, A's or Mariners. Mariners. I'd prefer A's, right? But like, I'm also semi rooting for the Mariners yeah. in the NL. Like, if I had my way, well, first of all, Milwaukee would or St. Louis would win the Central. Fuck the Cubs. Get them the fuck out of there. Yeah. Give me, you know, the Phillies. I don't want the Braves around yet. Like, get, you know, tap the brakes on the Braves. Get the Phillies in there. Have them lose immediately to the one like a fucking shitty team. Give me, you know, the Diamondbacks. Give me Colorado. Give me Milwaukee. Okay. So, we're, are we saying what? What's the best wild card playing game matchup that we want, or yeah. just the five teams? Just the five teams. All right. So, so you want you want your Braves out of the I East. I want my Braves. I want I want Milwaukee to get that division. Obviously, I want the Giants to win their division. I don't think it's going to happen, but um and then my uh my uh wild card game is Dodgers Cubs one game for wow. everything. Yeah. You're letting your fucking you're letting the Dodgers sneak in. That's- sure. Sure. Because like 
they're going to lose it. They're going to lose right. that game. And it's just going to be like Dodgers fans are going to be pulling out their hair. Be like, we got Machado. We got Dozier. I'm like, yeah, but you didn't get any fucking bullpen help. And you know who got bullpen help? The Oakland A's. Yeah. They got Familia. They got fucking sideways. Cap I want Rodney. the Dodgers. And here's the thing. It, it's a lot like the Lakers for me. When I moved to L.A., I was like, well, I fucking hate the Lakers. But then when I reassessed, I was like, as a kid, I loved Magic Johnson. I loved yeah, the Showtime Lakers. Yeah, who did you root Lakers. for when it was Lakers-Celtics? Oh, the Lakers. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I liked Bird too. I loved but Bird. But I loved fucking Showtime. Yeah. And – but Kobe Bryant, fuck Kobe Bryant. <laughs> he ruined and it now, for you. That Kobe's gone, even the last couple of years. Let's be honest, Joe. You know who's coming to town. You know you're a Laker fan now. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I'm not a Laker <laughs> fan, but... I know you're a LeBron fan. Yeah, I am. And, a, you, and you root for his teams. Right. Yes. But even the last couple of years, I was like, good. Let's have... Like, like it would be great if the Lakers were good again. Yep. Luke Walton, you know? Sure. Who, I, I root for all Waltons. Yeah. 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 Bill, you're a Walton Luke, guy. fucking... You're a Walton every, guy. Every Walton. Right. Um... But the Dodgers, when I came to L.A., I was like, I could low-key be a Dodgers fan. Like, I could low-key. You tried. They, they, you know, they took our, the National League team from mm-hmm. New York. Right. Like, they're basically, um, you know. Cousins of the Mets. They're cousins of the Mets. Same yeah. blue. I'm going to come out here. I'll wear my Brooklyn Dodgers hat to the first game. I'll, you know. Yeah. Forget that I got into it with a fucking, you know, Mexican rapist. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, I wanted to, but now, last season, yeah. Chase Utley, fuck you guys. Yeah, I hope Kershaw's arm falls off. Yeah. I hope Dave Roberts fucking syntax error. Yeah, <laughs> I hope uh, Brian Dozier has to miss the rest of the season with his irregular heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. I want Justin Turner to hit a home run in every single game from now to the end of the season and still miss the playoffs, forcing him to go fucking resign with the New York Mets. Yeah. Go, I, I want to be back with my fucking original crew. But fuck you guys. Chase Utley's last season, I hope they miss the playoffs. I hope, that it's, I, hope they fuck, I hope they lose every game from here on out. I'm crueler than you are. Yeah. <laughs> I want them to, like, just get into the wild card and then fucking have Dave Roberts mismanage that game <laughs> and lose after losing Game 7 of the World Series. Honestly, I wouldn't be against, like... Uh, a Dodgers wild card game, double play to end the game. Chase Utley. Chase Utley on the turn just throws it into the stands. <laughs> I thought you meant Chase Utley grounding into the double play to end the no, game. No, no. Throws it into the stands, run scores on the on the error, ball game over, you lose. Chase Utley's last last play. Last single second on a major league baseball field is him throwing a ball into the stands. To fucking see, that's, end their season. See, that's good. See, now you're getting into the and if real a guy, cruelty if, of it. And if a guy fucking slid into him and broke his leg on the play, great. So be it. So be it. <laughs> but it, hey, but not a dirty slide. Just, just he a, fucks it up. Yeah. He jumps too early. Right. He, for some reason, releases the ball in the air. It goes in the stands. He lands. Perfectly clean slide. And, and he, he gets rolls his, leg his ankle, out. breaks it. Yeah. Yeah. But, hey, in that scenario, Dodger fans... The, uh, the surgery the- goes poorly. He dies on the table. <laughs> <laughs> At least the Chase Utley curse will be lifted from you. Yeah. And you'll have a, you know, a fine shot to win it next year. And honestly, if, if that happens and they say, 
they asked Dave Roberts, like, why would you have him in there at the end of the game? He's like, you the know. numbers say, dirt, yeah. dirt, 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 and dirt. then he gets fired, yeah, for having Chase Utley in for that final play. <laughs> I'd become a Dodgers fan. <laughs> Joe wins, yeah, yeah. But let let Darren manage. He's a, <laughs> he's a fucking Mets old bench coach. I'd yeah. be on board. Yeah. Unfortunately, whoever manages that team is going to be answering to the Guggenheim board, right? Anyway, <laughs> so. So that's our look around the league. I want to do um, because all, all kind you mentioned Matt Carpenter, all kinds of people getting into Major League Baseball MVP races. Okay, um, let's start with the three quarters of the way mark MVP list. We're gonna go. We'll start in the National League. Let's go. It's I feel it's like it's it's kind of wide open in the National League, you know? Um there's no, you know, Mike Trout in the National League. Yep. Um Bryce Harper is hitting probably 235 or whatever. You know, he had such a bad first half. He still hits bombs. I and I know he's turned it on a little bit, but they're basically out of it. Um Matt Carpenter has 30 home runs all of a sudden. 33, I believe. Right. Um, my guy Javi is now, you know, the most exciting player on a division leading team. Uh, Freddie Freeman is probably Freddie Freeman. Yep. Um, so in the, ar- a, in the article, Goldschmidt having the best year on the, on the D backs. I'm just going through yeah. the division winners in the, in the article division I leaders. pulled up. They, they give, they give us, they're giving us five candidates and it's, uh, Freeman, Carpenter, Arenado, Scherzer and Baez. Now, Scherzer. Now, first of all, if Max Scherzer even wins the Cy Young, I'll burn down. I, I'll go on a fucking. I will burn. <laughs> I'll burn down every stadium in baseball. I'll go stadium. If by Scherzer's stadium. on there, Degrom's got to be on there. But that's first ridiculous. of all, Degrom can't be the MVP because he's got fucking seven wins. You know what I mean? Right. But, but he's but easily you, the most valuable player on the Mets. Yeah, but he can't. But you. He has to be the Cy Young winner, right? Agreed. Am I crazy? No, you're not crazy. If if it weren't for the win totals, Max Scherzer, you're not in the conversation. Right. Right. I, I That doesn't make sense. Especially on a team like that's not even close to the division. Right. You know, for a guy who only shows up every day. The, the MVP, honestly, should be an everyday player's award. It really should be. The, you have a pitcher's award. It's called the Cy Young. Uh Freddie Freeman's hitting 319, 928 OPS, 19 home runs. His 4.7 war ranks behind only St. Louis Cardinals' Matt Carpenter, 5.1, and Colorado Rockies' Nolan Arenado, 4.8. Why isn't Arenado in this conversation? He is. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to say it, and I gave Freddie Freeman, you remember the halfway mark, I gave Freddie Freeman the MVP. Yeah. The way the Cardinals are coming on, I'm giving it to Matt Carpenter. If they get in, yeah, it's his award. Yeah, I I can see that. And honestly, that. if it weren't for the deep dive on the fact that Colorado somehow scored less runs than their opponents, <laughs> right? I might have I might have bumped Arenado above Freeman at this point too. I mean, just the the I mean, Freddie Freeman is a great first baseman, especially as a right-handed uh right-handed player. But Arenado is on another level. As a third baseman, 
Agreed. You know, and it, but he does get a little bit of that course bump. But if they're not scoring as many runs as the other team and they make the playoffs, fuck. Gotta be. What about Lorenzo Cain? Like, who's doing it for the Brewers? The, no, Lorenzo Cain is an MVP candidate. Okay. Ab- absolutely. Yeah. Let's pull up. Let's pull up Lorenzo Cain's numbers. It's yeah. He is having. He's he's having an MVP quality season. Um, let me get him up right here. He is hitting 304 with 119 hits. Hold on, is that right? 119 th- hits. That's it. Does he have 31 RBI? That can't be. That that's got to be in the month of July or something. Uh, where we got him here? How does he have 31 RBI? That doesn't make any sense. Hold he on. N- he has nine homers. What? <laughs> what? Are we talking about the same Lorenzo Kane? Yeah. Are we sure we're not talking about Lorenzo Wright, the basketball player? <laughs> he has a 5.3 war because he's a fantastic fielder. Yeah. He has 119 hits. He has a 304 average. His 62 runs scored. I Yeah. Look, I've heard a lot of talk, but those numbers don't stand up. No, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, his war. What about... Hazel's Aguilar. He's yeah. got 21 stolen bases. His on-base percentage. Yeah, so, no. Lorenzo Cain's not an MVP. That's not. Sorry. No. His, I'd, I'd rather go with Braceface. Jesus Aguilar. Yeah. You know? I mean, right. look, you can't. Look, he has a 5.3 ward. That's ahead of all those guys we just talked about. Okay. But I'm sorry. Tommy Hur <laughs> was never an MVP. Yeah. He had 100 RBIs and eight home runs. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Um, great. So, who are you giving it to in the NL right now? Um, well, I know Matt Carpenter's been really hot. I, I got to see how that Cardinals things end because he, he did he did really struggle at the beginning of the season. So, um, I'm going to – I like your Freddie Freeman pick at the middle of the season, but you know what? I'm going to stay with my guy Javi Baez. Javi, just those island tags, dude. And they're and they were in the division, and he's got almost thirty home runs, and just the pure excitement, energy level that he brings every day. You know, that's an MVP. I hate to say it, I'm going Carpenter if they make a playoff. If they make playoffs. if they make playoffs, I, yeah. I'm I'm waiting on Carpenter because. But what he's done in the last month and a half, two months, has been nothing short of incredible. The AL MVP race is. A stupid, a stupid. <laughs> it is Mookie. It's when you talk about the war of all those guys in the NL. Yeah, every single person basically in the AL MVP race has a higher war than all those guys. Yeah, the Cleveland Indians third baseman Jose Ramirez seven point nine WAR and shortstop Francisco Lindor six point seven WAR. JD Martinez five point one. Has and that's a, as a DH, right? Yeah. Has an MLB leading. 37 homers with 104 RBI for the Red Sox, who are fucking have 86 wins. And let's not forget Mike Trout, who is on the DL, 7.6 war, having arguably the best season of his career, but yeah. again, on the DL uh, On currently. the DL and dealing with family tragedy. And too. then everybody's sort of hot pick of the moment, Mookie Betts, 7.8 war. He leads baseball in average with 350. <laughs> He's second in on-base percentage of 438, 
and he's second in slugging at 668. He's posted 11 defensive runs saved and an 8.8 ultimate zone rating, which I don't even know what that is. I think that it rates um, how much range you have in, out there. Now, when you talk about the MVP, and don't get me wrong, I think it's sort of a LeBron James situation. I know he's on the DL. Right. But it's to me, it's like we all agree Mike Trout's the best player in baseball, right? Sure. Okay, cool. Um, you have Lindor and Ramirez. You have J.D. Martinez and Mookie. It's right. Like, they kind of cancel each other out. Don't they? Yeah. You'd think so. Um, for me, man, I don't know. They're all so great. <laughs> they really are all so great. Um, I'm just going to put my vote in for Mookie because I'm a fan of Mookies. Yeah. Mookie Wilson, Mookie Blaylock, Mookie Betts. Um, plus, he's hitting three fucking fifty, right? You know, and and not singles. I'm going to right now if they if they made me cast my ballot right now, I'm going Mookie with my first place vote, yeah. Trout with my second place vote, Ramirez with my third place vote. But I'm putting this big butt out there. Depending on how long Mike Trout is on the DL, if Mike Trout comes back, and Mike Trout just fucking treads for. All of September. And Mike Trout is just Mike Trout. Just Yeah, Mike, Mike Trout, Trout just does Mike Trout things for September. Does right. no better or no worse than Mike Trout has ever been in baseball. <laughs> right. <laughs> then I then yeah. I'd, I'd Because I'd, we just talked about they're they're not in wild card contention, mm-hmm. but they're only hanging around I the only reason we've talked about them the whole year is because of Mike is Trout. because of Mike Trout. Right. No, I mean if they Show you time. if he comes back and they get even close. He's got to get some, you know, he's got to be up there for MVP. Yeah. But, you know, Mookie's been doing it all season. He's been awesome all season. Um, I mean, so have all these other guys. You know, I wouldn't be mad at any of those guys get the MVP, you know, especially undrafted free agent Jose Ramirez. Yeah. You know, short, squatty, undrafted free agent Jose Ramirez. By the way, the J.D. Martinez pickup for the Red Sox, it was like, yeah. after... I've been wait, wanting the Giants to pick up J.D. Martinez ever since he was with the fucking Astros. Yeah. I'm like, what's wrong with this guy? What, why wouldn't you pick this guy up? All he does is hit bombs. He's a right-handed hitter. You need right-handed power. Why not? I'm like, nah. We're going to get Aaron Rowan. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron Rowan. <laughs> Uh, we're going to do a little slide into the mentions. Yeah. Uh, this one has come in while we were doing the show 38 minutes ago from at I am Josh Deason at Dirty Slides. So Andy Lazarus might not be excited for this, but everyone else will be. You're killing me, Smalls. The Look Back documentary you've been waiting forever for. Oh, Jesus. Comes to life Saturday, August 18th at 10 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. It is a documentary about the Sandlot. Yeah, I mean, look, if Can we're we gonna talk, if we're gonna talk about it, you know, I know the Sandlot was right in your wheelhouse, right in your generation. I just missed it. I'm, I was I'm just a little, a little older. I'm actually probably a little, a little for too, but like, yeah, but you were like 12 or 13 when it yeah. came out. You know, I was, I was already fucking, right? You know, um, so I will check it out. Because Laz is 46. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I was I was the only reason I wasn't fucking is because I my parents named me Joe instead of Ramon. Yeah, exactly. But there was there was definitely a Ramon or two fucking in the at, at a sand li- a sand lot but, like matinee. Yeah, viewing. down down the street. Hey, put your mouth on it, Smalls. <laughs> She's like, what? But uh, yeah, I mean, I'll check it out if everybody's really excited about it. We what about this? Uh, we're now going live again from the Dirty Sports Podcast uh, YouTube site, the DSPN. Uh-huh. Back in the day, remember when we used to rabble? Yeah. What if we did a live live rabble of it? Live YouTube of us watching the Sandlot. We'll just comment. Yeah. We'll watch we'll just, along. Oh, that's I used fun. to do Tom Cruise Day Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> where I'd rabble a different Tom Cruise movie every Tuesday. Yeah. Um, just Laz revisits the Sandlot. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be fun. Let, By the la- way, let speaking Laz of Tom Sandlot. Cruise, have you seen the new Mission Impossible? No, have you? Yes, I have. And? It's not terrible at all. It's It's not like as good as everybody says. It's a Mission Impossible movie. Yeah. But this guy's 55 years old, and he's flying, doing ridiculous helicopter stunts. Ridiculous. Dude, Tom Cruise brings it. He does. He I, does. I mean, Tom Cruise, like, he's, he's the, you know, we always talk about, like, comedians, comedians, mm-hmm. like, right? Like, guys, all the he's comedians He's the Brian love. Regan of, uh, of action stars. Exactly. <laughs> like, no one's ever like, oh, did you see that one night where he bombed, and it was so funny because he was trying all this shit? He's yeah. just like, no, I go, I bring it, I crush who doesn't like me? What's right. their, what's their what's deal? What's the downside? Yeah, yeah. Um, I have to. I have to see it. Yeah, I, it's worth I checking out. I don't think I've seen all the Mission Impossible's. I've no. seen a lot of them. Believe I me, lo- you don't have to see all of them to catch up. Right. What, what, <laughs> what's happening? By the way, how many of them do they have to have before somebody just goes? You know what? Maybe these missions aren't so impossible. This Ethan guy. Yeah. He, right? re- he really seems to make the the impossible possible. And how much longer are they just going to be like? Uh, yeah, Ving. Uh, Bing Rames, um, you and your Dell computer, we don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because we're tired of just Is having... Simon Pegg still involved? Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, well, Simon Pegg's obviously the computer guy. I love guy. Simon Pegg, by I the way. I love Simon Pegg, too. So what does that make Bing Rames? He's just like the fat old black guy He's the, he's the who's guy, also got a computer. He's the guy in every company... Who's like a fucking middle aged, won't let go of their job. Some millennials like move, yeah. I'll do it for you. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? They're like, Ving, have you updated the Twitter? He's like, What's Twitter? What's Twitter? No, They're I like, mean honestly, damn, he has this old Ving, d- just retire. Yeah. <laughs> this is why this is why our company's going broke, because you refuse to retire or learn new things. <laughs> uh, this one from Rob Eckard at Spindat Record. Walking in Price Chopper, and I thought they were playing the Dirty Slides podcast because Centerfield was playing on the speakers. Oh, that's cool. Uh, this one, uh, for this, I'm reading it for you. Matt Locken at Gukas3, youngest ever to have a dinger in five straight games, three leadoff dingers in his last three games. Is Ronald Acuna Matata already a dude? Uh, we just spoke about this, I believe so. There's no question. Already a dude. Already a dude. And then this one, another dude or not a dude, from Double A Ron at ALM3287. Do you guys think Cole Hamels is a dude? No. No. Reasoning. Well, because um, if we're, we're doing dude or not a dude, not douche or not a douche. 
Like Cole Hamill says, <laughs> douche or not a douche. Yeah. Now, if we were doing douche or not a douche, we said Cole Hamels. What would you say, Joe? Douche? Yeah. 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 Probably a douche. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Just no. Just eat, eat. no. That's my reason. No. No. Can't play. Seat's taken. You know? No. Now, just you, no. You could be a douche and a dude, though, right? Yeah. But Bryce, he'd, Bryce but, Harper? Douche dude? Yeah, exactly. You can be a douche dude. But, like, that's what I'm saying. Cole, Cole Hamels is not Bryce Harper. You know? Not. Right. Yeah. I mean. I'm going no as well. Yeah. What, what, no what well. is your reasoning? Because the, the feeling in your gut when you think about Cole Hamels being a dude is it's not, not right. a dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, we're now late stage Cole Hamels. Sure. Let's – he – I'm not completely ruling him out, but my gut says not to do I'm dude. completely ruling him out. Okay. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. one from our boy Branson Ping almost died in Cincinnati for uh, Let Ruther pitch. Maybe maybe we can see if he'll fall off the bridge. Let Laz pitch. <laughs> Here's something I stumbled across according to Wikipedia concerning Chase Hutley's whole Hall of Fame thing. Adrian Gonzalez, 287, 2050 hits. 317 homers, 1,202 RBIs, Major League debut April 2004. Chase Utley, 275, 1874 hits, 259 homers, 1,025 RBIs, ML debut April 2003. Now, obviously. It's a huge position thing. Huge position thing. Yeah. But and but here's here's why I read it, and we just I'm just not going to rule it out on the whole position thing, is Adrian Gonzalez is 100% not a Hall of Famer. 100%. And, yeah, there's a position difference, but he leads him in everything. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Right. No. So. Yeah, no. Uh, oh, wait. Hold on. That one. I wanted to read that one, but it was fucking. I knew that was getting. Now, if there's a Hall up. of Fame for the no fun zone, Adrian Gonzalez would be in it. You know? Uh, I mean, if there's a Hall of Fame for, like, watching porn before you go out in the field, Chase Utley would be in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This, uh, is, this is a question we got from Nick Quell, Q-U-E-H-L. But I, we also got it from multiple people. So shout out to everybody who sent us this question. Um, and also, we talked about it a little bit on Dirty Sports. Should the Jays bring up Vladdy Jr., or is that bad for him going forward? He's the only exciting thing going for the Jays. And I think the next one, yes, here we go. From Bob Bilkey at B. Bilkey. I know you guys talked about it on Dirty Sports, but Vlad Jr. is hitting above 400 <laughs> between AAA and AA this year. And before yesterday, hit a homer in four straight games. The question is, when does it become offensive to the player? For leaving them in the minors too long. Also, when is it disrespectful to the fan base? It's already offensive to the player. It's already disrespectful to the fan base. Now, here's the, the only reason they're not doing it is they don't want to start his clock too early. Or they, basically, why why teams keep these superstars down is because the earlier they bring them up, their logic is the earlier they bring them up, the earlier they become free agents and potentially price themselves. Out right. of playing for him. I believe there is also like a date, right? Like there's a there's a specific date on the calendar. I don't know if that date has passed or not, where after a certain date, like yeah. this season basically doesn't count. 
Yeah. And then he can't go to arbitration until the following year, and then he can't he doesn't become a free agent until next year. Now, it's a double edged sword because as a fan you want him here, but as a fan you also it's even even when you're a big market team and you're like, Hey, let's just pay him when his contract's up, it's like it's better to have the option of paying him when you le- you last can possibly pay him. It is. Also, for like I know you guys want to see him, but like I don't know that the I don't like unless you're a Mets fan, you gotta normally be trusting that your organization is like, we know you want to see him. We like him too. We're gonna have our, this is the best thing for us. Like the Mets often make decisions that are in the best interest of only one person. And Will that's, Pond. You know, somebody with the last name Will Pond. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But for most organizations, it's like they either think I, I don't think that they think he's not ready. Obviously he seems I mean, he's Vlad Guerrero's son. He's ready. <laughs> he's literally born ready. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah. He's fucking... He's been hitting bombs out of whatever part yeah. dad was playing at when yeah. he was 12. Right. It's like Prince Fielder. Yeah. Yeah. So he's ready, but the idea of like, who, I know you want to see him, but at this rate, you might get him for the last month of the season if you bring him in September. Right. So just like, wait till fucking September, and then you've got him another year. Yeah. Before the Yankees, I forgot the September call-ups were coming. Before but, the Yankees fucking take him, and then you got to watch him. Like, you do you want this other two weeks of of Vlad hitting bombs at the Sky Dome, or yeah. do you want that other year before the Yankees get him, and then he comes and hits bombs at the Sky Dome in a fucking in pinstripes? Yeah, yeah. I, but I also think that like you might not see because didn't they do this with Chris Bryant and Mike Trout? Yeah, where when it was like. Obvious they're ready. They're crushing in spring training for, like, the third year in the row, right? And then they don't bring them up to, like, May 1st or, like, May 15th or whatever. Yeah. Just just. I think that's one of the days, too. I think May 15th is a day that, like, if you bring them up. I mean, they did that with Syndergaard. They did that with DeGrom. Right. So you may not actually even see him till um, May 15th of next year. Right. Yeah. But, I I, like, I— is it disrespectful to Vlad Jr.? A hundred percent. hundred percent. Because honestly, if I know anything, if he's anything like his dad, he can't even conceptualize all the things we're talking about as far as no. he's like, I don't even think. I don't even get if it. If you ask him what is arbitration, I, I don't runs, think he knows. You bring me the big leagues. Yeah. <laughs> That's the deal. So, yes, very disrespectful to him. Disrespectful to the fans depends how you look at it, right? Like, Well, it depends, you know, how shitty you are as an owner, as a person. Basically. Right. <laughs> Uh, this one from our boy Nathan Gibson up in uh, Seattle at underscore Nathan underscore Gibson underscore. Hey, Joe and Laz, question coming for you guys. With Cano coming back tonight, I wondered how I and other people should feel about it. When he got the suspension initially, everyone in Seattle hated him and wanted him out of the organization. Now, though, people are happy for him to be back for a push to the playoffs that he can't play in. And people also like his smile. <laughs> anyway, okay. I wanted to get your opinions on how fans should feel about players coming off suspension. Keep up the good work and fuck Chase Utley. Um, I mean, to me, as, as a guy who dealt with the whole Barry Bond scenario for like 10 years, like how should I feel about it? You know, at the end of the day, is it entertaining to watch Cano play or is it not? If he is not entertaining to watch play, no, you should be pissed at him. If it is entertaining, fuck, let it go, man. Yeah. Let it go. 
the, it's interesting you bring that up, that he is not eligible for the playoffs. And I read this in an article this week. But uh, Asuna, who basically beat up his wife, right, is eligible for the playoffs. Yet fucking the greenie monster, <laughs> Cano, just took some pills yeah. and is not eligible for the playoffs. I mean, That's fucked up. Right. There's all kinds of terrible fucking shithead rules yeah in, in especially in baseball and i've said it before and i'll say it again fuck chase utley fuck adam hamari there's no bigger villain in the history of baseball than bud Selig. agreed in the history of the game agreed no one has done more to fuck baseball because, who's in the hall of fame by the way yeah and barry uh, bonds is not and, and p rose is not yeah. fuck you fuck you and and the reason is because you knew about it you, you sold it you didn't do it yeah you didn't do anything about it. Yeah. You, you basically promoted the shit out of it. Yeah, you and did. And then you overcorrected when somebody goes, you knew about it. And yeah. he's like, no, we didn't know about it. Look, here's Look, how these we didn't guys know are all suspended. They'll never be in the Hall of Fame. And you can't go in the Hall of Fame, and you can't play in the playoffs. Yeah. And if you do it three times, you're banned for life. And if you do it four times, we actually murder you on the field. <laughs> Chase Utley slides into your fucking aorta. And it's like, <laughs> no. this is It's so fucking stupid, and that's why there's shithead rules like this. My thing on Cano is, well, first of all, um, when Cano went down, they were pacing the Astros for the division. Best record, right. Um, They actually had almost an identical win percentage before he was out and when he was out. So Maybe Cano's the MVP. Right. (laughs) But he – okay – did he hurt your – like, technically, he didn't hurt your team by being out. No. Like, you guys played the same. You add him back into the mix, right? And fuck, okay, he screwed you guys, but at least let him help you get into the playoffs. Exactly. I mean, if you want to be mad about it, you want to boo his first at bat, boo his first at bat. But at the end of the day, he, he paid his sentence. He did the time. Now, you know, now let's what, everybody move now, on. Now, what about the question of – we played all these games without him, and we got if we make the playoffs, we're going to have to play the playoffs without him. So why fuck with our chemistry of having him in the lineup every day when he's not going to be in the lineup every day? Come, let's say. Do you I mean, really, my my answer to that would be, well, are we if, a better team with Cano or not? Right. With, yeah, right. that's that's the answer to the question, really. You know, now there's no guarantee. That you make the playoffs with him. And there's certainly no guarantee that you make the playoffs without him. In fact, you're four and a half games back without him. Right. So, chemistry, schmemistry. Get there first. Right. You know? that, that's my answer. Get there first. It's like when they talk about, you know, the Scherzer or the, uh, sorry, the Strasburg or the Harvey or the DeGrom or whatever. These guys who are like, hey, they might not even be able to pitch come playoffs. It's like, because they're going to, we have them on an inning count. It's like, well, fuck it. Yeah. Pitch him till then, I guess. Yeah. You still got to make the playoffs. Like uh, This dumb. one is from Benangi. Benangi. First ever Hall of Fame dirtball. Uh, I don't know what's going on with Benangi. Benangi, I hope you're all right. He's changed his name to Banana Guy. He's changed <laughs> his picture to a cat. Yeah. He's become a private account. Um, what happened? I don't what know. What happened, I, Jesse? I've been so busy lately that I can't keep up, but, I, but something is suspect about... <laughs> The, the, the life guy? and times of, of Jesse Hall of Fame Benangi. <laughs> um, I haven't heard if he'll be joining us in Chicago. 
it's only like six hours from Minnesota, so right. I, I hope you're okay. Uh, I hope we'll be seeing you in the Midwest. If not, I look forward to all the dirt balls we will see in the Midwest in the uh, Week One NFL uh, Midwest Meetup. Cubs, White Sox, headlining, live podcast, the whole bonanza. But uh, Jesse Hall of Fame Stanga does what he does, and he said, I meant to send this in a few episodes back when the history of the DH was mentioned. He just wanted to give us the, the history of how it all went down. Yeah, The idea of adding a 10th man to the baseball lineup to bat for the pitcher had been suggested as early as 1906. By the early 1970s, Charlie Finley, the colorful owner of the Oakland A's, had become the designated hitter's hitter rules most outspoken advocate, arguing that a pinch hitter to replace the pitcher, a player that usually batted poorly, exceptions like legendary Babe Ruth notwithstanding, would add the extra offensive punch that baseball needed to draw more fans. At a joint meeting of the two major leagues, in Chicago on January 11th, 1973. Uh, the owners voted to allow the AL, which lagged behind the NL in both scoring and attendance, to put the designated hitter rule into practice. The NL resisted the change, and for the first time in history, the two leagues would play using different rules. In addition, the introduction of the designated hitter marked the biggest rule change in Major League Baseball since 1903, if you don't count letting black people play, <laughs> when it was decided... <laughs> When it was decided that foul balls would be considered strikes, though it initially began as a three-year experiment, it would be permanently adopted by the AL and later by most amateur and minor league teams. It really is amazing at the glacial pace <laughs> which baseball operates. Yeah. yeah. They suggested something in 1903. It happened in 1973. <laughs> I'd like to say that I'm on the record starting in 2015 that if you purposely break a guy's ankle... Yeah. Or leg or any bone in their body on purpose for the sole purpose of injuring another person. You should be suspended from baseball for life. And I look forward to that taking shape in 2085 <laughs> when the entire game will be played by robots. <laughs> this one's from Ray Raimdo at Sir Ray Love. What are the worst stadium get loud songs? Anything by Gary Glitter makes me want to eat a light bulb and wash it down with bleach. <laughs> um, I I don't know. Like what? What are the Dodgers songs? Like all I all I don't I know. Think of, who's Gary Glitter? I, I'm not sure. Look him up. But I, I mean, the worst song is clearly "Let's Get Loud." Right. Um, is that Gary Glitter? Is that Gary Glitter? Or, like, isn't there, like, I, I hate when they play, like, the Queen song to get people pumped up. Yeah. That's annoying. Um, the only song I, I really remember them playing at Dodger Stadium is I Love L.A. after, oh, I don't yeah. know, that, they play that, it when they win, when they the lose. post-win song, that's yeah. That's a post-win song. Which I love. Yeah. Uh, it's oh, a catchy tune. Let's be real. First of all, love Randy Newman. Yeah, how can you not love Randy uh, and Newman? I love that song. I love that they play it after they win. Yeah. It's the best part. It's like when I, when I go and watch Dodgers-Mets games at Dodger Stadium, I always go, well, silver lining, if the Mets lose, I hear Randy Newman's I Love L.A. Yeah. Um, I sent that uh, YouTube video at the moment the Dodgers lost the World Series to all my Dodger friends. <laughs> We love it. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, back in the day, the Mets have gone through a lot of post-win songs. Yeah. 
Um, they they try they for a while they were playing L.A. Woman by the Doors, which was weird. That's weird. Um, it kind of worked, but not when you consider it's L.A. Woman. But in the last I don't know six seven years, it yeah. may actually have surpassed the the I love L.A. and how good it fits for the Dodgers. But they now play back in the New York Groove. Yeah. And that's it's great. fucking dope. Yeah, that's great. I think the Giants just sound a foghorn. Yeah. Which is cool, but not that cool. But when the Mets get that like a kick that drum kick yeah. fucking starts it, uh uh-huh. Yeah. It's so it's so great. Uh this is from this is our final one from KB thirty three at Coach KB thirty three. What's up, guys? Long-time listener and love the podcast. Thoughts on changing the MLB playoffs to be more like the NBA playoffs? Top eight teams from each league making the playoffs opposed to a division leader and wildcard teams. Hate how a weak-ass division leader can still make the playoffs and a team in a tougher division. Come on in. Yeah. Get snubbed because they are in a tougher division. Example, the AL East versus the AL Central. Keep up the great work. KB. What's the... uh so, sorry. What? Laz <laughs> going to answer like, the door. I almost, in a, I almost in a, in a minefield of wires. <laughs> um, what would be the change? So the change would be that uh, the best records in in get all of baseball get get in, yeah. as opposed to you Divisions. know, yeah, as opposed to some team winning a division and getting in with less wins than a team that is in third place of a division or doesn't make a wild card in a division. I kind of like the wild card play in game and like, and to make, um, I don't know. I don't know about this rule. Like well, I like he- the more teams get in, which is great, you know? Um, but I like the one and done kind of, it kind of gives that like that football kind of meant to, you know, I agree. And what all I, or nothing. And what I'll say is because people bring this up, like why not the top six teams in basketball instead of the eight and eight, it's a, it's a it's good in theory, but these these division teams they play more games against teams in their division. So how do you decide? Then you have to, you have to change the entire schedule right. where everybody's playing each other equally, or else you know whoever gets to play the Mets the whole year yeah, are gonna are gonna have a lot record. more wins. Yeah. So I think in theory it'd be great. All the best teams are in, but in practice it would take a lot more than just saying hey the best records get in. Yeah. Or else it would then be even more unfair. And we'll see the change in 2086. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Laz, that's our show. Uh, what do you got coming up? Uh, we got the 11-11 show coming up. New grass, bro. Yeah, new grass. Is it going to be going to be all set in, or you're just gonna, you're just going to have to new grass it again after we have a show? I hope I hope I don't have to new grass it again <laughs> after we have the show. Um, oh, exciting news for all the dirty sliders! The Venice Gaze hats, which I thought were lost in space, are going to be here next week. So if you want a Gaze hat, just uh, just just uh, DM me. Even if you already have, because there's there's a lot of DMs to go through. So. I know it's been months and months, so yeah. sorry about that, but we will have them next week, and I'll get them out to you. Great. Yes. Uh, Andy Lazarus on Twitter. Andy yep. Lazarus on Instagram. Instagram. Venice Gaze on Instagram. Is any Venice Gaze Instagramming happening? Well, not not really. Not not until uh, not until October, really. We got to throw. Yeah, we got to throw because I need you out there for those innings and those IGs. I'm, I'm all about it. Yeah, dude. 
uh, at Joe Payne on Instagram, at Fix Your Life on Twitter. Uh, go to DirtySports.com to get your dude shirts. Uh, come, if you're in the Midwest, to the Dirty Sports Live podcast on September 6th, 7th, 8th, and 9th. I'll be headlining in Chicago at the Comedy Bar. Then we're going to do a Cubs game. We're going to do a White Sox game. We're going to drink all day Sunday for NFL Week 1. And... So, yeah, if you're in the Midwest, you got to come to those shows. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Dirty Slides. Get us back Please. on the charts. Get us back in chart hate, topping. If you hate Chase Utley, like I know you must. You have to. Write a review <laughs> and include that in there. So many of our reviews <laughs> in, include hatred for Chase Utley. It's my favorite part about reading the reviews. I don't even care about charting as much as I care about reading your guys' hate for Chase Utley. So rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. And, of course, fuck Chase Utley. Fuck him. <laughs>